Hanging with Hester On Demand is brought to you by Richard's Honda. For that warm and fuzzy feeling, remember our friends at Richard's Honda. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio, welcome back to Hanging with Hester with Jacob Hester. 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge, 11.30 The Tiger. All right, welcome back in. Hanging with Hester presented by Richard Tonda. Hour number two of the show, Hunt Palmer, Happy Gilmore, Paul O'Neill. That is definitely a hunt choice there. Believe that. Tub thumping by Chumbawamba. I mean, can you say pissing the night away on air? Because we did like multiple times in that yeah, song. Yeah, you can. We had a whole discussion with this with Flynn. This used to be like Flynn's go-to. Matthew Flynn? Yeah. Clayton? Yeah. Oh, everything. And plus, I played the radio edit. In There's an edit? I think it just cuts out the beginning of it oh. where it gets all weird. Who knew? Hunt was edgy. Chumbawamba? That's, a... That's who sings it. Yeah. The song's yeah. called Tub Thumping. Okay. I didn't ask what the song was called. Well, I, was I told you. talking about the name of the band. Don't worry about that. Anyways, moving on. That was slaps. I don't know what you're talking about. Moving on, the NBA, something we hadn't talked about because I assume 22 teams, we know the location, okay, ready to go. We're going to get into these camps, and we're going to play games uh, at the end of July here. Well, some NBA players have actually voiced their thoughts on being hesitant to start the NBA back right now. Here's Woj talking about the players being a little timid right now. You know, the, the league needs the players to be on board with this to create a competitive uh, environment, a good basketball product. And, you know, I think a lot in the last week, 10 days, I think it's really started to hit it home with a lot of players and coaches and members of organizations of how isolating, how restrictive this bubble environment is going to be. And there are a number of players, I was told a few dozen, who have been talking. They had at least one conference call to kind of hash out some thoughts among each other. A little surprised that they're hesitant to start back. I just, I thought the protocols in place would make them feel a little bit more comfortable. It's one location. They're going to test you when you get there. They've got a plan in place. If you do test positive to quarantine you and the NBA has actually talked about getting some replacement players. If a player does not feel comfortable going to Orlando and they're going to give them a roster spot to do so. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like G League guys. Maybe presu- somebody from presumably. Like, maybe somebody from the big three. Like, bring somebody back. <laughs> bring Jason Williams back. Of, white go, chocolate. Go get some of the Knicks. Yeah, they're not doing anything. They've gone fishing already. Uh, free. That's that's interesting. But, yeah, I think the plan, like, I, uh, we're, I've been pretty open about the fact that I'm getting frustrated and I just want to get back to normal. And I realize that if you try to do that too quickly, you're probably just going to send this thing into a spiral. Um, but it seems like a reasonable plan to me. Uh, it's different. It may you know feel cheap at times, but it's better than nothing. I'd like him to try. Here's Woj on the NBA trying to make the players comfortable. And I was told that the union and the league 
you know, have essentially agreed on a plan that if players don't want to go to Orlando, they will not have to go. They will not be punished by their teams. Now, they will also not get paid for those missed games. Um, and if there's a player who has a medical question, uh, perhaps is of high risk uh, in that environment or of, of getting COVID and becoming ill, there'll be an independent medical process for the player to go through, and then he could possibly be excused, be excused from it. And even if he's told that he's fit to play, he can still stay home again and do so without getting paid. But listen, teams have been concerned about this, and they have been concerned about uh, having you know a group of players, these teams going in, you know, who are going to be able to withstand what's going to be a very long, difficult haul uh, in that bubble. You hit the remix on that, Woj. I, I don't know what's happening. You know <laughs> what? I just, table on there. I just don't want another thing to break. Yeah, I'm kind of okay. over it. Uh, but going back to what he said, you know, you're not going to be held responsible. They're not going to think anything less of you, but you're not going to get paid. I don't think we'll have any players. I think that they're talking about being hesitant, but at the end of the day, you start talking about dollars and cents. I don't think anybody's not going to show up to Orlando. You know, it. They're setting them up for a pretty miserable existence. You you go to the hotel, you go play basketball, and that's about it. And that would not be much fun, uh, especially when you can't have any wives, girlfriends, kids, parents. Like you can't have anybody anywhere. I you know I could see somebody that's got a ton of money that doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. Just going to ah. really though. You really can see an. NBA I mean, I don't player. think I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see someone doing it. I do not. I, I'm they, with you. They, they would be viewed different the next yeah. year. Fair, unfair. No, right? I, I don't think it's going to happen. Now, the part you mentioned about being away from their families, and I know I'm going to lose some people on this because you're going to hear you're making millions of dollars. Boo-hoo, you're away from your family for a little bit. It's extremely difficult, and I hated going to training camp because you're there from you know, 7 a.m. until 10 at night, you're football. Yeah, And you've got like small little breaks. You don't see your family. You're lucky if your family can meet you, you know, once a week to eat lunch or, or do something like that. Maybe that's, that's a you know best case scenario. And some training camps go off, but it's very difficult to be away from your wife and children for six weeks and not see them. It just is. And you can call me whatever you want to call me. That was my least favorite part of football was NFL training camp, being away from my family. I felt like I missed so much because I had young children and as most of you know, they do something different every single day. And I felt like I missed out on a lot of that. So that's some of the concern, you know, for the NBA players because they'd be away from their families even longer. And there's also safety aspects of it as well. Woj talked about that. Listen, for a lot of players, there are family concerns. There are certainly concerns about COVID. Uh, there are concerns uh, about a number of, of issues built around having to go inside that bubble, you know, many of them for five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, two and a half, three months, especially, Kevin, you hear it more and more among the teams who know or certainly believe they're not really going there to compete to win a champion. That that will fuel some people. The, the, yeah. the Winning a championship will fuel yeah. uh, some of the people. Is but it gonna, is when it you're on the fuel... outside there... Is it going to fuel the Wizards and Suns? No. I still think the the part about getting paid, though. No, it, and, that matters. And it's only, like, for the Suns, look, you're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. You're, just, you're not. 
So it's only eight games. Yeah. For the Wizards, I don't think you're going to make the playoffs either. You're the only team from the East that is uh, extra, that's not in the top eight right now. You're not, I don't think you're making the playoffs. So it's only eight games. You do have to go to a training camp. Uh, some teams are going to be there longer, like the Lakers, probably going to be there for a while. Clippers, probably going to be there for a while. Um, when you look over Bucks. in the East, the Bucks, you know, Raptors, you're, you're all going to be there for, for a pretty, pretty good bit. And what they can do with their families, there's got to be a situation that they can figure out. Now, I don't know. Uh, these, these are grown men. I can't imagine they are going to not allow them to leave the Disney resort. Now, there's going to be probably a protocol, and you're probably going to get tested and this, that, and the other. I can't imagine not going to let them leave. Well, they could. I mean, they could do anything. It's If we determine, all right, we're going to make this happen. We have to follow these rules. We have to keep everybody safe. and we got to limit exposure. They can do that. You think anything happens now that we have a plan in place and some of these things are starting to come out? We haven't heard from key players yet. You think the plan goes off as planned and as we've all kind of the 22 games and the training camp starting here and getting back? Well, it seems the, like they're all on the same page. It's baseball that can't get it figured out. It seems like basketball just kind of got there, found a solution, put it in place. Uh, so I think that that'll continue to be the case moving forward. All right, before we take a break, Hunt's daily affirmations include, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, I'm essential. You wouldn't remember that from Saturday Night Live, would you? I would not. have no idea. I thought you were going with, there's a line from The Help. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. I thought they were going there. That's a good movie, but no, I was talking more about the uh, Saturday good movie. Night Live. Nope. What? Haven't seen it. Uh, well, I didn't. Saturday Night Live's not a movie, it's a... I'm well aware of what it is. Oh. I haven't seen that skit. Oh, okay. Oof, I was about to say. All right. Um, Hunt's actually a closet White Sox fan. Ugh. The White Sox are intolerable. They're such whiny little stepchildren. Nobody likes us. Nobody pays White attention. White Sox are Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals more. They actually matter. White Sox won a World Series. 05? 15 years ago? Six, seven. Something, something like that. that. I don't know. Not anymore. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back here hanging with Hester, presented by Richard Tonda. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car. Now, more from the 2007 national champion, Hanging with Hester, with Jacob Hester. 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. 1130 The Tiger. All right, welcome back in. Hang with Hester, presented by Richard Tonda here with Hunt Palmer on a Thursday afternoon. Going to welcome on to the show now former LSU quarterback, NFL, and Major League Baseball player, Josh Booty. Josh, what's up, brother? Oh, man, I'm doing good. How are you, brother? Thanks for having me. Doing well. Hey, we were talking about the baseball draft over the last week and how different it looks right now and this year. Only five rounds there in the draft. And I wanted to have you on because you were a guy that when you got drafted to the Major Leagues and to the Marlins, you had leverage. You had football that you could fall back on. it, But this draft just seems completely different, Josh, and the fact that the money's going to be you know, deferred over a, a number of years and just seems like that these baseball teams are trying to get out of this draft as cheap as they can and not really trying to overpay for guys. <laughs> for sure. You know, it's a different draft. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the young players especially – uh, didn't really get a chance. These high school kids who, you know, maybe blossom their senior year didn't really have a chance to show how good they, you know, how good they were. And I hate it for the high school seniors and even for chances to go to, you know, get college scholarships as well. And 
And, you know, so you saw a lot of college players drafted in this first round. And, and because of the times, I mean, I was reading some stuff on, uh, you know, how the how these players, the players union and everything is trying to handle the rest of this season if we get continued play here, which I think we will. And some of the comments that Commissioner Rob Manfred had, uh, you know, had, had, had said the last few days, and it just seems like no one's on the same page. And how could you be? You know, with this pandemic and talking about playing a 48-game schedule and maybe 16 teams making the postseason in, short, in such a short amount of time, you know, how will it all work out? The prorated pay for these players. Players think the the owners might be keeping a lot of the media money and not paying them out. And then now you got the draft and all this stuff happening. It's just none of this stuff's on schedule this year, and that's what throws this whole thing for a loop. So I hate it for the kids that are coming out that could have have been drafted a little higher or made more money. It's just, it just sucks really. The, the uh, you know, 2020 is tough, a tough year for, for all this to happen, but the, the cream will rise to the top. These guys that can really play, they'll, they'll make the big leagues uh, soon and, and they'll get paid. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Josh, if you were coming out in this 2020 MLB draft and you were a high school senior, would that change your decision? Would you have gone maybe to college out of the gates because the money is spread across a couple of years and you go to college and it's going to be a different situation? Uh, probably so, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and, and then not really having a full senior year to get better, uh, to play games, to progress as a player. And and I think, you know, that's you know, that, that's what the, uh, the scouts were thinking too as they drafted these guys is how are you going to draft a guy that, didn't play really even his high school ball his senior year or just a partial bit of the first part of the season. And yeah, from a, from a payment standpoint, as a player, I'm, I'm going to college unless I get a lot of upfront money. I was fortunate enough to get some of that uh, in 1994, which is a long time ago now when I got drafted and things have changed. I mean, money has escalated and, and the price of everything in this country has escalated, uh, you know, around the globe it's escalated, but, these kids aren't going to get paid a lot of money, uh, you know, to, to forego their college and go straight to the, uh, to the, you know, a professional organization. So they got to look at it much differently. It's time to go to college, get, and get, uh, you know, three or four years under your belt of education, get better as a player. There's only five rounds in the draft too. And so that makes it a much different uh, environment for, for all these kids. And, and the, you know, there's a big percentage of college kids coming out and a very, very little percentage of high school kids getting drafted. And Josh, I mean, obviously all high school seniors have the leverage and have the ability to go to college. Uh, obviously all the college sophomores have the ability to come back and, and maintain their leverage. But in your case specifically, did the football card create more leverage for you and and allow you to demand more? Oh, did we lose Josh? I saw it. Yeah, okay. certainly did. I'm sorry. Um, I'm in a bad area. But, um, you know, going <laughs> playing football at LSU is, is worth a lot or playing football at a major university. I mean, you see a lot of these top, top high school guys that play two sports. I mean, whether it's Texas or Miami or Stanford or USC or LSU or Bama, you know, playing two sports. I mean, it does. It, it promotes uh, it promotes a little bit more leverage for you. And, and you know, I was going to go back and play, either play football at LSU and baseball or sign a, uh, you know, a, a sign a deal with the Florida Marlins back in 94. And it gave me a ton of leverage because they don't want, you know, a, a big, a big league franchise does not want their player uh, who they think is going to make the big league taking a bunch of hits on the gridiron. And so, you know, that does promote a lot of leverage uh, 
uh, for a player. Um, and so they paid me not to go to LSU, not to get, not to play football, not to get injuries. Uh, and if you look back, even in the early 90s, before I was at LSU, Jamie Howard was the quarterback at LSU, and he suffered some some real injuries in football that set his baseball way back because he was a he was a uh, pitcher for the Braves and uh, was a second round pick, I believe. And and so you know he took hits in the fall playing football for LSU and then tried to go back and play summer baseball with the Braves. I remember seeing him in spring training and facing Jamie Howard when I was in minor league baseball before I came back to LSU. And he wasn't the same pitcher that he was drafted to be because he had suffered a shoulder injury playing college football. And I think that's what they're scared of is, you know, if these kids go and play college, we're going to, you know, we, we could lose them the injury. So it's, it's hard to draft a guy knowing that he might go play college football. But if, it's, if he's a big, big-time athlete, then they'll do it. Josh Booty joining us here, hanging with Hester on a Thursday Josh, right now there is no minor league baseball, and so these kids are getting drafted and don't really have anywhere to report to. Uh, if they're not able to play rookie ball or the Arizona Fall League or whatnot, how big a disadvantage is that for them to enter spring training next February, March? Oh, it's tough. I mean, you want to get as many at bats as possible. You want to get, you know, you want to get around the environment. You want to be in the, you know, in the locker room playing, you know, playing a ball, double A, whatever it is. I mean, a lot of these high school kids have never the type of pitching that they're about to see uh, even when they, they sign and maybe go to rookie ball normally. And so, you know, I signed and went straight to the New York Penn League and was blown away with how, you know, each and every night there was really good pitching. I mean, guys that were drafted in the third round, the seventh round, the first round, the tenth round, the twentieth round, you know, you're facing guys that, that can play and all have big league aspirations. So as a young player, you want to get as many at-bats against good pitching in as you can so that when you go to spring training the next year, you know, a lot of a lot of players, they don't want to sign late because they don't want to miss that first, you know, introduction year into, into minor league baseball as a professional organization because even if you get 60 games in, that's a whole lot of, of a swing-in-the-wood bat, facing guys, understanding, you know, all the guys in the organization, understanding who you are as a player, and I think that's where – these kids have a real disadvantage too. They don't get to have any of that, and then they go go up to go into spring training next year trying to trying to win a job, and they don't even know kind of where they fit into the organization yet. Josh, we've seen a big shift as far as Major League Baseball draft. For a long time, it seemed like you know teams are going out there; they were getting the high school prospects, guys that had the biggest upside, and we've kind of seen it shift to. The first couple of picks of the Major League Baseball draft over the last couple of seasons have been guys from the SEC in the most part that have gone out there and proven themselves because right now, I mean, the SEC almost looks like double-A baseball. I mean, it's been that competitive with that type of players. Do you think that's something that's going to stay for a while? Oh, I do. I mean, it's just like in the in, in the NFL draft. I mean, if you play in the SEC uh, with all the great teams and and the SEC and football and baseball, I mean, you're as closest as you can get to the big leagues or to the NFL. I mean, if you're playing at a very high level in the SEC, then it's probably going to translate at the next level. And I think there's the big, there's a big risk there for teams to pick or choose guys early that they just don't know how they're going to pan out. Maybe they have the big arm if they come from a small town and haven't played college, college baseball. And I think when you go to the LSUs or the Vanderbilts or the Floridas or the Mississippi State, I mean, you, especially because you've got to go for three seasons. It's not, it's not like basketball one and done. You've got to prove yourself for three years. So those guys, you've got a lot of experience. They've been seen a lot. And I think they're, 
they've been evaluated over a long period of time, and they're closer to the big leagues if they've been able to do well. And I think pitchers especially, they can be shoved up the, through the minor leagues very quickly because you got to get the, the real good arms to the big leagues fast, big leagues fast because you don't want, to, want them to waste years pitching in the minor leagues. You know, they only got a certain amount of bullets in that gun, and you want to – in that arm, and you want to get into the big leagues faster. So I can see how they fast-track college pitchers big time. Josh, I want to shift gears a little bit to football. You and Peyton Manning were obviously very highly touted quarterbacks out of the state of Louisiana. Your brother, John David, we know Eli as well. But for really about 20 years, Louisiana was turning out phenomenal football players, but they weren't quarterbacks. And now all of a sudden you look up and you see Eli Holstein's been offered by LSU. Arch Manning's a guy that people are very high on. Walker Howard, you mentioned Jamie earlier. Walker's committing tomorrow. It looks like there's a lot of elite quarterbacks coming up through the high school ranks in Louisiana now. Any reason you think why there was a 20-year lull of not producing high-caliber quarterbacks in the state? Uh, that's a crazy it, – it, it, you know, I think it's because of the offenses. I mean, I think Peyton you know, and Eli truly took advantage of their dad was an NFL player. Uh, they passed the ball at Newman. They understood the game. They understood how to how to be a quarterback, what it took. We at Evangel, we had several guys that could really play and were highly recruited. And that's because the system was in place, and we had some good athletes come through there. I mean, Shreveport's produced a ton of good quarterbacks, and going all the way back to Terry Bradshaw and Joe Ferguson and some guys that played in the National Football League for a long time. And I think, in, you know, the high school ranks, you know, they were running the ball for so long, and, and Jacob knows about that well. I mean, Evangel was doing it so different. So when we emerged as quarterbacks in, in recruit in, in the recruiting process, I mean, we had gained a lot of experience, uh, J.D. and I, especially in Brock Berlin, the three that, that probably were the most highly touted coming out of high school. But we were throwing the football. Not a lot of teams were doing that until the last few years when the spread took place. And I think you're going to see – even more of it in the you know at the high school level. I mean, teams are now doing exactly what we did 20 years ago, uh, and 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 throwing the ball around. So you're going to see kids emerging as better passers. I, I know I, the only other guy that I can really remember being a highly highly recruited guy was Ryan Paralu out of Louisiana. He was a top top guy, but he threw the football 45, 50 times a game too, much like we did. So. I think a lot of it has to do with the system that you play in, the familiarity you are to being able to throw the football. You got to have a good scheme, good coaching, and, and receivers too. So uh, unless you have all that built in, uh, you're going to see a quarterback not know what he's doing back there. And then how are you going to recruit a guy that doesn't really understand the pass game? So I think that's to that was to our advantage. All right, Josh. Since we've talked about Evangel here, we've got a heated debate on Facebook going. <laughs> Which Evangel team is the best of all time? I'm throwing my uh, vote in there for either 2001 or 2002. So let us know. You're kind of the godfather of Evangel. So which one are you yeah. picking? You're your junior year. It's not even close. Uh, you know, the the year that you and J.D. had, yeah. when West Monroe, 34 to 4, I think, in the Dome. That was the greatest Evangel team by far. And that was because, you know, not only were they loaded, you guys were loaded with with, uh, you know, I think 15, 17 guys that were that, that committed to big D1 schools and signed D1 scholarships, but four or five NFL guys were on that team as well. So, I mean, how can, you know, we had great teams. Brock Berlin's national championship team was great in 2000, but when you talk about defense and you talk about the offense that y'all had and everything going, 
I just think that's by far the best. I think y'all beat Brock and then by three touchdowns. All right, there he goes. The Godfather spoken. So now I can just go back and uh, with a little bit different ammo. Hey, Josh, I always appreciate your time, brother. Love you guys. All right, there he is, Josh Booty, former Major League Baseball player, NFL player, LSU quarterback. He's done it all. We had a heated debate. Y'all ever had those Loyola debates? Yeah, which four and six teams the best? <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Hanging with Hatcher, presented by Richard Tonda. I know you've heard it all before. Every time I come home, you know I'm right back out that door. It's a lonely night in Georgia. And everything I do reminds me of being with you. Three one eight means three one great. Hanging with Hester with Jacob Hester. One oh four five ESPN Baton Rouge. Eleven thirty the Tiger. All right, welcome back in. Hanging with Hester presented by Richards Honda. Now I'm trying to figure out who the four guys played in the NFL were from that team. Well, while you think about that, Rory McElroy just missed a three foot of her par and I laughed. Oh, not a fan? He's from Europe. I don't pull for anyone from Europe. In golf or in life? In golf. Okay. Because of the Ryder Cup. I mean, they did invent insurance. You it's broke, true. You you broke that news to me earlier today. Lloyd's of London. Ever heard of it? Actually, I have, but I didn't know the uh, the facts. Not really big into the insurance game. Well, it's not that much fun of a game, but got to play it. All right, something that we had fun with a couple days ago was the tiers in the Power Five coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. And we said... This is only Power 5. No need to do the group of five. Well, ESPN.com disagreed. They said there is a need to do the group of five. And so they put them in the same five tiers that they did the Power 5. There's four teams in Tier 1 as far as coaching jobs in the group of five in college football. Let's have them hunt. Houston. You you went eight for eight. Remember Power 5, okay? Houston. Okay. Um, Boise State? Yep. Oh man, I do, I don't feel great about Central Florida or South Florida. Although Central Florida, Central Florida, I feel like I'm going to put one out there. It's probably not right, but I feel like you can win there. It's a really good stepping stone job. I would say Memphis. It is not Cincinnati. Okay, Ohio. A lot of good players in Ohio. I can get on board with that. Tier two is Memphis, BYU, Navy, San Diego State, SMU, South Florida, and Temple. SMU, huh? San Diego State's a fantastic job. I mean, you're in San Diego. Expectations are not that high. You go eight and four, you're solid. You can get the Arizona job. Or you can get the you, Michigan you go, job. You go from tier two of power five or, to, 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 to or tier you can five get the, of power five. You can get the Michigan job and then get fired, end up as a defensive line coach back at San Diego State where you were the head coach like Brady Hulk. And then you can get promoted to being the head coach again at San Diego State like you just did. I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Brady, put a headset on, boss. It's coached like it's 2020. Tier 3, a lot of Louisiana favor. We're not going to go through all the schools, but that's where you'll find Louisiana Tech and UL Lafayette. Yeah, both good jobs. You get a lot of good players, fan bases that are you know small but passionate. I do disagree. Tulane's in all the way down in Tier 4. I think the Tulane job does have some benefits. Because you're in the state of Louisiana, 
you're always going to get good players. You're not going to get the great players in, in the state of Louisiana. They're going to go elsewhere. They're going to go to LSU. But you can still get some really good players. You're in New Orleans. You have a brand-new stadium. I think there's a lot to the two-lane job. That's why a guy like Willie Fritz came over, and he was in a good situation when he came over. Academics are very difficult, and there is no fan base. They're just – they're. It's getting better. But I don't, I don't – like, two-lane students are from the Northeast, and then they go back home. Like, they're just – I mean, I don't, I don't, I think two people from my graduating class went to Tulane. One played uh, women's basketball. One became a doctor. Um, it's just not a lot of, it's a lot of out of state people. And therefore, they, and then they don't put their roots back into Louisiana. There just aren't that many alums around that can create an energy. Which job in the state of Louisiana, outside of, of course, LSU, do you think is the best situation, the best setup? Just- I would say ULL. I think they're just they're more good players better, down here than better, there are up in better than Rustin. better than Louisiana Tech, who's in a little bit better of a conference as far as revenue. Yeah, I just and South better Louis- than Tulane, who's in a much better. I mean, American set up much better. Than I think the South Louisiana has just got more good football players than North Louisiana. This is just what I think. I'm not. I didn't say anything. Well, I don't know why. Well, I didn't say anything. Yeah, your your face kind of. Like you it hurt, it hurt me a little bit. It hurt me a little bit in my heart, but it's okay. It's true. I, I don't know. It, 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 that's a good debate between the Louisiana Tech and UL Lafayette. I mean, I think the Tech job's a good job. You can recruit East Texas. You can recruit I twenty. You know, maybe dip into Mississippi here and there, and you've got a, a you know a, a backing in Shreveport and Monroe that's you know small but pretty passionate. In Tier 5, that's where you'll find the other Division One football team, Louisiana Monroe. They're in there with Akron, Ball State, Coastal Carolina, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, New Mexico State, Rice, San Jose State, South Alabama, God. Texas State, UMass, Rice. UTEP, and UTSA. Rice is, I guess, pretty similar to, to Tulane. It's just it's a very difficult school. I, I would I guess there's a lot of Rice alums in Houston. They're probably Texas fans, though. Or A&M yeah, fans. Yeah, nobody's a Rice fan. Right, the only moment that Rice had, they had they had a, a run in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then, three first-round picks in their starting rotation and didn't get out of their own regional. And then once everybody started paying more attention to baseball, Rice kind of went like the Great White Buffalo. Well, Wayne Graham also was 104. So. 103, but still, though. Once, again, Good handwriting, there, though. There's What? You ever seen that? Good handwriting? Google Wayne Graham lineup card. He's why, like... why? No, hold on. Why would you Google that? It was a, it was a, when they came here for a regional. There was somebody did a special on it. They did a full special, like a feature on this man's handwriting. He's, he was uh, he had like a job, like in the army for penmanship. He's like a professional. Like, what's that? What? What's it called when you like write? I can't even think of the word for it. This is quality radio here. I don't know. You lost me once you just started hating on North Louisiana. I didn't hate on North Louisiana. I said there are more hate. good football players down here than there are there. Graphology? Graphology? No, that doesn't. I don't know. You're talking to a general studies major <laughs> over here. I, I just Googled no, it. I got no I shot. got no internet, so that's not going to help. Uh, that's on your computer because I have internet. Okay. Well, computer stinks. But Rice, going back to that, it's like those baseball programs that were so dominant in the early 90s. None of those programs are dominant anymore. Like Miami, Miami's starting good. to come back. 
Miami's starting to come back. They're good, but they're not championship. Like, no. Wichita State's not championship no, level anymore. Faded. Arizona State's not, like, championship level. Like, they came to the regionals. Well, they two Last or three. Year? Arizona State? Yeah, were they two? Last year. I oh, know, but they were the two or three, though. Oh, oh, man. I think they were two. I did, yeah, they were. Either way, those teams that were so dominant in the early 90s, other teams started, Long Beach State, right? Teams started caring about baseball. The SEC started really caring about baseball because... The SEC didn't win their first national championship. I believe we looked at it the other day. 90? Was it 90 for Georgia? Yeah. Once they's like, okay, hey, we're going to put some resources well, yeah, into the money this. Gets it's involved. like, all right, all those little small California schools, it was great. Hey, UC Irvine, nice job, but we're going to take over. Yeah, the SEC flexed its muscles yesterday for sure. I mean, yeah. top end of the draft, even you know throughout the first round, you had Justin Foskey from Mississippi State, went a little bit later. It's, it's a lot of talent in the SEC. Were you... Were you surprised how Vanderbilt's able to do it? And I know they got special scholarships, but you went back to the Tulane and Rice talking about the academics and getting into those schools. Are you surprised that Vanderbilt, year in and year out, is able to put a baseball product out there like that when they can't do it on the football field? It's because it's, of the scholarship. Well, it's the it's the they've got a built-in advantage, and, and LSU has an advantage with tops on some other school on some other states for sure. But that's you know part of it. Uh, it's it's just baseball is not an, a level playing field like the other sports because the scholarships are cut. Some can offer more, some can offer less, and then you have to make up the difference financially. And private universities like Vanderbilt have scholarship opportunities that don't count towards the 11.7, and they can fill great players with them. So it's it's just not it's, an, it's not a level playing field. Could Tulane do something like that in baseball? If they, wanted, if they decided they wanted to. Because they... I, Think about the early 90s, or not early 90s, early 2000s, how good Tulane baseball was. Jake Gotro, Michael Aubrey, oh, yeah. Michael Owings. I mean, they. they Andy Canizero. Yeah. They they had a squad, and, they see, and they, they're not what they used to be either. It's like they had, same thing. They had that momentum, and then they just went like some of the smaller schools do just because of revenue and just because some of the Power Five conferences actually put money and resources into their baseball programs. Not only. That the SEC, but I mean, really across the Power Five. Shout out Michael Caldwell. Calligraphy is the word I was looking for. Okay, we had a bunch of people trying to figure out what you were talking about in the huddle, but calligraphy—that's what I was looking for. I was just going to let you keep guessing. The lineup card. I mean, I've got a picture of it. It is—it's incredible. It's—it's quality penmanship. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so someone actually posted it inside the Bayou Ford huddle. That's that man's penmanship. It looks like a typewriter. Exactly. I told you. Told you to look it up. It's still not interesting, but it is nice. <laughs> All right, we'll take our last break of the show. Hey, don't make excuses over there while you're Googling weird stuff. We'll take our last break of the show. We'll answer your questions good. when we come back inside the Bay Ford Huddle. Hit us up on our Facebook live stream on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. We'll be back. Hang with Hester, presented by Richard Tonda. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your win. 318 means three, one, great. Hanging with Hester with Jacob Hester. 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. 1130 The Tiger. Hey, Ronnie. Ronnie, right? Dan, how you feeling? 
Where's Bane? You told him it was Richard. Who's Richard? Richard's my assistant. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. And sitting next to me is my main man, my brother from another mother, the biggest pimp that I know, Superfly Agent Flynn, ladies and gentlemen, Agent Flynn. Chief, can I speak to you for a minute? Happy? No. Madison. You think Bama's gonna win, Paul? Why can't I get it? All right, here we go. Ask Hunt. Does Sosa get his number retired by the Cubs? Doesn't look like it. Uh, this is a topic, a topic for tomorrow's show, but I actually called into ES- ESPN 1000 on Tuesday of this week to talk about that because he has never been back to Wrigley Field since the Cubs traded him in ownership. Demands are an apology, and the ownership needs to shut up and let 21 back in the field. <laughs> Ask us. Best prep quarterback to ever come out of Louisiana. Maybe Terry Bradshaw. Is that an easy answer? I mean, from Woodlong, and he was that good. Why did he go to Tech? I mean, I academics. He couldn't get an LSU. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, Josh Booty's got to be up there. Josh Booty, Peyton Manning, uh, Joe Ferguson, Terry Bradshaw, Doug Williams, Doug Williams. We're gonna Stan Humphreys from Southwood. Stan wasn't very highly recruited when he went to mm-hmm. UL Monroe. It was Northeast at the time, of course. Brock Berlin was the National Player of the Year. Paralu, Paralu. Um, Recently, Brandon Harris was a, a high-rated guy. As far as success after uh, Terry Bradshaw, would have to be well, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Right. <laughs> yeah, Terry won. But yeah, I'm t- I'm not saying he wasn't, but <laughs> Terry what four Super Bowls for Terry? Yeah. So yards and touchdowns, no doubt. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is a better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw. I think so too. I'm I'm just talking about the rings, which okay. normally that conversation when you talk about quarterbacks, that's where it's where he goes. He had a pretty good defense. It didn't suck. <laughs> pretty good running back, too. Yeah. Franco was pretty good. Uh, ask us, uh, did Katie Hester ever read the huddle? Um, not really. Maybe from time to time, if I said something funny was in there. I feel would, as though her hands are full food. most of the time. Yeah, she's uh, dealing with four boys, trying to make sure that they're fed, which is a full-time job. Because Are they on their best behavior do, during the quarantine? All they do is eat. Um, they did okay. They did okay. All they wanted to do was eat, though. <laughs> all day or I day. can sympathize. Yeah. Um, ask Hunt, have you ever heard a rabbit scream? It's an interesting one. No, I haven't. Madison thinks that's funny. Ask Hunt, what meal are you cooking for your lady if you're not allowed to go into a restaurant? So basically they called you out because you would probably go like takeout. Yeah, I mean, all I can do is grill. So I just grill different types of meat and then veggies. I'm not a very good cook. Yeah, it sounds like it. Hunt refuses to eat lobster because they scream. What is going on? I'm I'm missing a joke. And lobster is overrated. That's a fact. Anything that you have to dip in butter all the time, Whoa. it's fine, but it's overrated. Okay. You, you have to hot it, take. Like, like bu- butter makes everything good. I'll agree with that. Although I don't like it as much on my popcorn as much as as, as most people don't either. What What do you like? You like the Cubs. Steak. You like the Cubs, you like steak, you like LSU. Is that it? Bud Light. Bud Light. Okay, Bud Light. There's four things that Hunt Palmer likes. I think we've just Can we get it to off. a fifth? For my 30th birthday, we we I had golf? like a, I had a yeah, okay. for my 30th There's birthday we had a group polos? dinner and everybody went around and like polos. said something about me. And one guy was just like, I mean, I don't know anyone who just knows what they like and just sticks with that all the time more than Hunt Palmer, which is pretty true. I don't really branch out. Yeah. 
ask Hester, how many fumbles did you have as a pro? I had two. I had one against the New England Patriots on a Monday night. We were beating them really bad, so it didn't really play out. Same situation against the Titans. I got hit as hard as I've ever been hit in my life. It sounded like a 12-gauge shotgun went off and uh, fumbled there in Tennessee on Christmas, which the Saints have to play on Christmas this year, but same situation. We were up by a million, so it didn't really matter. Mm. So Protect two, the football. Two fumbles. Less would be disappointed in you. I had one in college. 04 Georgia, Thomas Davis. Remember it? That wasn't a good game. No, it wasn't. At least you didn't take a knee on the one-yard line. That's I'm glad. That's what most people rem, uh, remember from that game. God, that was the worst. Uh, ask us suggestions for all of us homeless huddlers that have to go uh, away on June the 20th. We're going to find something. Happy's already in charge of it. She's going to find a platform just for I'll our show. I'll figure it out sooner or later. Preferably sooner. Um, Stanley says, the academics thing about Terry Bradshaw is false. All you needed was a high school diploma at the time. That's what I've always heard. I've always heard, though, that it was not a situation where he could get in. Um, by the way, Terry is a distant cousin of mine, so I have somewhat inside information, I think. But that's what they always told us. Maybe they're just lying to us, Stanley. Who's to know? I don't know. Certainly I, not I know me. he was highly touted enough to be able to come to LSU. Okay. Well, There's a reason. Um, San Humphreys was at LSU, had trouble attending class. Didn't know that either. I can sympathize with that as well. Uh, Phil Robinson was in front of Terry Bradshaw. Ooh, Arnez Battle. That's yeah, a name I forgot. Good. Bird. Went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Then played a long time in the NFL with the uh, 49ers was the team I remember him mm -hmm. with. Arnez Battle. What a C -E. name. Bird high about that one. Um, let's see. Try not to go a uh, hunt screams one. That's I, what, what. What am I missing? Uh, Stan Humphreys went to LSU, couldn't beat out Hots, and then transferred. See things you learn. Yeah. Inside yeah. the Bayou Fort Huddle. That's why it's essential. <laughs> uh, lobster or crab? Crab meat. You're going crab meat all day. Crab. Paul. I'll go lobster. Nope. Crawfish or crab? Crawfish. Crawfish. Yeah, crawfish. Come on. I'll still be ludicrous here. Um, can't ask that one. <laughs> ask Hester, how bad are y'all winning on Friday night? Our game got canceled on Friday night. I'm not really sure why. I think because of scheduling, because it's a spring season that's being played in the summer, and so everybody that's scheduled these vacations is going on these vacations, so I don't think we have enough players on either team to play on Friday night, but we would have won. No See doubt. you tomorrow. See you.